Hi, this is Anush from the podcast Anush Shaitan with Friends. Uh, if you're listening, you should know by now what podcast this is. Um, today we have a, a very special guest with us, one of the legends in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the mixed martial artist world. Um, this podcast, uh, we are sponsoring FAR, Fighting Against Rape, a free self-defense academy in Sweden. If you would like to support that academy, go into facebook.com slash fightingagainstrape and show your support and support that academy and show the world that we in the martial arts are good fellas. So today we have with us uh, in your academy, Henzo Gracie. Welcome. My pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you. Um, how are you today? Great, my friend. Great, great. Thanks for the opportunity. And I know you're you're very busy. You have a couple of academies and you have a lot of things to do. <laughs> so I'm very happy and grateful that you uh, could have done this for us. That was my pleasure, believe it. I'm glad that I could make the time to be here with you guys. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, Henzo, anyone that has never ever used Google, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner. I've been doing this since I was five. I'm 46 years old. I'm from Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and now I live in New York City. Mm. You know, and uh, jiu-jitsu is our lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. You don't. You see jiu-jitsu as a sport or as a no, as a way of life. Like uh, it's much more than just a sport. You know, it's uh, it shapes and molds and and builds confidence in in people in such a way that it belong, it becomes a a way of living, a lifestyle, not just a sport. And uh, you said you started jiu-jitsu as a five-year-old. Yes, I began training when I was five years old. My first competition, I was seven. <laughs> wow! And and who introduced you to jiu-jitsu? It's a, it's a family tradition. I was the third generation of the Gracie family. Mm. My father, since I was two probably, he was playing with me. Every, every time I remember playing, I uh, was about fighting, mm. you know. And uh, at five, I began to go to the academy, like three times a week. Your father's academy? Yes, my father used to teach. And then later, I moved to my Uncle Hollis when my mm. father stopped teaching. And I was his student until, until the day that he died in a hand glide accident. And from there, I changed to Carlos Gracie Jr., my uncle, to his brother. And I kept training there until today, hmm. until I had my own school. <coughs> now, um, if we just skip the fact that you have a couple of competitions behind you and uh, a couple of black belts, um, you, um, you are, you're a pretty outstanding figure in the Gracie. Uh, you're, very, you're very public, like you're very known when it comes to the Gracie family. And um, as soon as someone says Gracie, a lot of people think about you first. I'm the best looking one. Probably that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. <laughs> you know, it's uh, a, in reality, I, I, like, I, I even ask people to forget my first name. It's like I'm just part of an unbelievable family. You yeah. know, every single one of, of the Gracies have their job, have the, the part and the success of what we do. And... And I'm just glad that I could give my share. Yeah. And uh, do you still teach? I do. I still teach a lot. Still teach. Yeah. How many... Have you any idea how many black belts you have under you? No. <laughs> we have a lot. We have a lot of black belts. Is it three figures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Is it? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. For sure. I mean, just in New York, how many academies do you have? I mean, in the New York area? In this yeah, we have uh, four. I don't keep counting of those things too much. I have myself three schools. I have uh, 37 affiliates. So it's... Only in America? or All over the world. I have in South Africa, Israel, 
Singapore. We have an unbelievable group of, of guys, you know. So, I mean, jiu-jitsu itself, I mean, for you, it was just like a way to pretty much just hang around with your father, hang around with your family in the beginning, right? Yes. Because <clears throat> this is the same way that your cousin, uh, which is my biggest idol of all, Jean-Jacques Machado, mm-hmm. um, he said that he just started jiu-jitsu just as a way to play with his cousins. Yes. Like, I, 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 I grew up with Jean-Jacques. And I, you did? Yeah, so we all have the same education and the same way of growing up you know is there a big uh, different age difference between you guys same with the same age, same age yeah. i know I, I know i look i look much better but <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah well i guess you have a red belt in confidence at least <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you and jean jacques you grew up together like side by side basically yes we grew up together right next to each other where where in rio were you, did you grow up in uh baja baja da tijuca yes that's a great place yeah that's a great place, yeah, great a great place. place. <laughs> And um, I mean, how how old were you when you left Rio? I was I, I moved here eighteen years ago. I was twenty seven. So you lived twenty seven years in Brazil. Yes. And growing up in Brazil, your family. I mean, despite the fact that they were athletes, were they? Uh, I mean, were were you a rich family? Uh, middle class, middle class. Jiu Jitsu back then never gave you too much uh, resources. You know, never generate too much resources like it's doing now. Mm. Now, if you want to put the work with Jiu Jitsu, you can really succeed financially wise. Yeah. So now, I mean, now you could like you could. I'm not talking about you, but like any other black belt could pretty much uh, work as a as a Jiu Jitsu teacher. Definitely. And, yeah. Definitely. You know, it's an unbelievable work. And I, to be honest, I was thinking today on my way here, it's better than actually to invest in a college. You know, like you spend twenty five hundred dollars a year to train jiu jitsu, and in a college it's gonna cost you forty, sometimes fifty, at least, <laughs> at least, yes. And you, as soon as you finish, like five, six, seven years, you're able to teach, and mm. you can generate more than ten thousand dollars a month income if you, if you are um, um, smart in the way of running a business and quickly. Mm. So it's like in five years you're able to generate the income that you would take a while after you get out of college, yeah. you know, to be able to make it. And if you get out of college, it's not always guaranteed, guaranteed that you have a work. That you yeah. get a job. <laughs> yeah, yes, to get a yes. job, yeah. So, but I mean, uh, if we go back to the Rio, um, growing up there, I mean, it must have been, there's always, you know, you always have these personal fights within yourself, but I mean, growing up in Rio, I've been there and it, it's pretty tough. It is. It's like, it's more honest, I think. It's like someone insults you, you can hit him. <laughs> and you go to the police station the guy asks what happened you tell the story the guy goes okay you're right you go home you sit your butt there think what you did for a couple hours then you can go home you know so it's, but, it's a great place yeah. intense but great yeah. but because if um, if a person that never been to Rio or Brazil when they hear about Brazil they think about you know stuff that they hear on the media movies like yeah, City of God yeah, Tropa de Lich I grew up uh, right next to Barra da Tijuca is near the City of God I grew up there. All the guys that I went to the school. What they, favela is that? City of God. Yeah, but what's the Cidade name? Cidade de Deus. Oh, is that the name of the yes, favela? Yes. Oh, okay. That's the name. Mm. So in reality, the movie was the name of the favela. So the, mm-hmm. all the kids that went to school with me lived there. So that's what I went to play marbles. I went to, you know, put the kites in the air. I was was there. Hmm. So when you see that, does it just give you a, a funny flashback? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And because the stories in the movie City of God, they're real stories, right? It's a real story, yeah. yeah. I knew many of the people in there. Hmm. And the actual characters as well? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Not the people that work 
on the mm. movie now. I don't know that. No, no, no. I mean, like... I work the, the real people. Yeah, the they, real they people. They made the movie about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, did, um, did Jiu-Jitsu save you from the streets? Do you no, think? No? no, I've never been in the streets. Too smart for that. Mm. There's a brain in here. I'm not just a bruiser. I'm a thinker. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like, I'm... I'm the guy that I could work on anything. I run a restaurant when I was 16 years old in, you know, okay. in Rio from 16 to 22 and was the most successful bar and restaurant in Rio. Oh, wow. You know, I had... Meanwhile, when you were doing jiu-jitsu as well? Yes, I was doing jiu-jitsu at the same time and I was running this. But it's so, like, I was always business savvy on the sense of whatever I wanted, I would go and get it and, and, and work for it, you know? Mm. I don't believe in someone being dishonest. I don't believe in doing the wrong things. So it's I, I never had a foot in the street, you know, in my life. Mm. But um, have you had close friends or family that has been in the streets or like? Mm, yeah, many friends. Mm -hmm. I met, like I told you, all the people that inspired yeah. the people to make the, the city of God, they grew up with me, mm. you know. And uh, when I beat up someone and they, and they went there to hire them to kill me, and when they say my name, the guy would threat, if I die from a cold, <laughs> the guy who came to hire the killers would die him and his whole family. <laughs> you know, because uh, they grew up with me. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So you grew up, with, and, and people there in Bahadatjuk and Rio in general, they knew about you before you were. Yeah, yeah. Before you exploded in uh, in famousness. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, now, I mean, everywhere that you go now in the world, uh, I mean, me when I go to jiu-jitsu camps, um, like in Los Angeles, in Rio, Sweden, wherever I go, a lot of people know about you. Mm -hmm. And um, people know you from different things, and uh, you're pretty known. I mean, on Twitter, on Facebook, you yeah. have a lot of fan page, you have a lot of followers. Yeah, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a Facebook page. I have to. <laughs> it's like, I but have I have like a fan. Page. I have guys fan yeah. page. I have guys from the academy who runs page in my name, but I actually don't have one. Yourself. Twitter already takes me too much time, you know. But luckily, Twitter <laughs> I do it on my phone as I'm driving, walking, <laughs> you know, running, working out. I can do the. <laughs> Yeah. Because you're quite a you're you're uh, quite a Twitter guy. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> is it um is it an easy way for you to get in contact with your fans? You think not only that it's an unbelievable way to get in contact with them, but it's a a great way to sharp my English. Like mm -hmm. I'm able to, you know, like a, it's a quick thinking, short responses. It's Mm -hmm. So it, it 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 really I I I the reason people don't realize that people think that I do it just for the fans or I do it I do it because it challenges me. It's mm -hmm. like uh, I was able to find something that really pushes my way of thinking and the quickness in my 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 answers mm -hmm. and that alone and I really felt my English getting much better. The only thing that is getting worse is my vision because I have to stare at the screen the whole day, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can't have everything, it's right? It's getting a little blurry, yes. Yeah. In Sweden, we say um, you can't have the cookie and eat it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna be blind, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're gonna have a PhD in English. <laughs> yes. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> so when I when I tweet to you in Portuguese, is that uh, good or bad? It's perfect. Your Portuguese is perfect. Thanks. <laughs> you have not even an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I have carioca accent. Carioca accent. Carioca da yes. gema. Poha. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's speak about the word poha. <laughs> P-O-R-R-A uh -huh. Yeah A lot of people use the word without even knowing what it really means Yeah, porra, it's, uh, in Brazil, porra means like them Or be them. like them, yeah But you it know? literally means fuck, right? No, literally right. means sperm Sperm? Yeah, that's oh, what it is <laughs> You know, but uh, 
in in reality it, it, they don't take the contest literally mm-hmm. it's like poor it's like because it began poor by, by by when you are near your grandmother or someone like this you say poor so from that yeah. it became poor yeah okay. so in real poor it's like an explanation like like damn like uh-huh. look you know like look yeah you know and then they add you know especially <laughs> when people are hungry they they let go easier you know the, the even they even um Evolved it to pohada. <laughs> yes, yes. And there is even like a hashtag on Facebook. Pohada is actually more like a pohada is when you hit someone. Uh-huh. It's like a, a punch or a, you know pohada. I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat you up. I'm going to make a pohada. So then mm-hmm. that's how they use it more pohada. I even made a hashtag on Twitter and Instagram called hashtag poha moment. Poha moment. <laughs> it's just like a fun yeah. thing to do. But um, can you use the word poha in an expression of being happy? Can you say a sentence with poha? Of course, like a poha jura, like really, you know, like damn shit, it's like a oh, fuck, yeah. really, you know. That's where it comes down. So poha, they use it on that situation too. They use it for it can be used for bad or it can be used for good or when you're angry, when you're happy. And use poha when you're in the traffic. How do you sound then? Poha. <laughs> You drag it, you know, <laughs> like you're stepping shit. That's how you. <laughs> you sounded really depressed. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you just step in a dog's poop and you have to drag your feet on the floor. Oh, <laughs> you know. Have you have you ever been to Portugal? You have, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I did. I was there because uh, my fiance is from Portugal. Uh-huh. Her father was, and so we went this summer to Lisboa. And there they didn't say poha the same way. They say with the R more like poha. Yeah, they have a, it's a completely, they, they sound completely different from us. We mm. have a, Brazilians were able to, to change the language a little mm. because originally we probably spoke like them, mm-hmm. but uh, we changed, especially people from Rio. Like we speak a whole phrase like it's one word, you know, we were able mm. to, and it's like we can understand them all. Like that's why I understand Spanish well, I understand Portuguese from Portugal. And I understand all the other accents that, that they have in Brazil. Mm. And it, it's very hard a lot of times for people to understand us because it's we make one phrase, one word, you know? Because mm. a lot of the times when uh, when I was in Portugal, for example, and uh, when I spoke Portuguese to my uh, my fiance's family, they were like, oh, shit, are you from Rio? They understand yeah. directly. Yeah. Um, you sound like uh, someone from Rio. <laughs> <laughs> like a karaoke da gema. Yes. Porra. <laughs> Well, um, there's a thing I want to talk to you about. About one year ago, two years ago, uh, there was a happening on your Twitter that went viral. And it even came up on the Swedish news. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you know I, about this? I didn't know the Swedish. I knew no? the Brazilian, the oh, Japanese, yeah. the English, the British. <laughs> it I was getting calls up, from yeah. everybody. Yeah. It actually went up on the Swedish news also. Yeah. Uh, you were about to be robbed. Well, they thought that they were going to rob you. Yes. You were In reality, I thought I was going to get robbed. They, they were following me and in Brazil now when they come to rob you, it's two guys one guy holds the gun the other one searches you so that's what I was expecting to happen but when they came they had no not even a, a Swiss pocket knife you know <laughs> and I couldn't believe how lucky I was that day you know then I beat them up I was able to get both of them and one of them I did a nice raccoon eyes so a nice what? raccoon what is that? it's a few punches after I, I choke him out, uh-huh. I punched on both of his eyes to make sure that he would look like a raccoon the next day. <laughs> and he could, uh, he could think about it for a couple more days than, <laughs> than just the day of the event. So they don't, they don't, they don't think it was just a bad luck day. 
But uh, where was this? In Manhattan, right? That was in Manhattan, yeah, on 10th Avenue. I was coming back from a restaurant late at night. Uh-huh. And, and then later, after this thing went viral, I had a lot of people come to my academy and tell me that this was a, a common practice with those thieves was to steal the people. What happened is the people who work at the restaurants, they work at the, at the, at the nightclubs, they walk to the, to the train station. Uh-huh. So they were always getting robbed between the job and it because they were the only ones working. They always have cash with them from oh, yeah, tips. From the tips, yeah. Shit. So this was a common practice. They would rob a lot of people. So people that work in restaurants, but they all came here to, to say, thank you, you did this. No you know? way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know? And it's funny because many people told me that they got robbed by the same, the same, same characters. Guys. Yes, yes. Wow. That's odd. That's really, that's something. But I mean, because um, you were just walking down from a restaurant and you were all alone. Yes. On 10th Avenue. Actually, I gave the less money that I had. I gave the tip to a person. And when I saw I had no money, I said, let me get up, grab some money in the ATM machine. When I went to the ATM, there was two guys arguing about one when I get money, the other one, his friend didn't want him to drink anymore. and to, mm-hmm. So didn't let him put the card in. So they were arguing back and forth. I said, you want to know something? I'm going to walk. Uh-huh. You know, it's a nice walk. I didn't realize that by 10th Avenue... Late at night, you there's nobody there. It's completely empty, you know. Wow. And I found out that day, not even one car would pass by. You know. Holy shit. Yeah, it was crazy. But I mean, so you were walking down, and and how far away were they from you when you realized they, that they were after? They you? were they were coming up as I crossed the street. They crossed the street too, you know. And then they slowed down the pace, and they keep following me until I was in a more desert area. Huh. And they keep screaming, "Give me a cigarette! Give me a cigarette!" And I. Because you were tweeting meanwhile while you were yeah, being... Yeah, because I was actually reading my tweets and sending some tweets out. And as this began to happen, I even like I go, they must be thinking I'm drunk for, uh-huh. you know, be walking late at night like this by myself, you know, looking at my phone and tweeting. And big fat tummy. Yeah, like with, <laughs> the, with, the, with the tummy that he thinks I have, you know. <laughs> I can never no, let my tummy grow, man, because otherwise it'll look, my, my penis will look smaller. So I can... <laughs> I can. I'm too proud of that. <laughs> wow, that's okay. But I mean, so so you were walking down to them and you, you were and being then followed. They and they start were... getting aggressive. They start screaming, give me a cigarette, give me a fucking cigarette. Can you, you are you deaf? You cannot hear yeah. me. And then I go, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm just ignoring you. I no fucking smoke. But did you look over your shoulder all the time to keep the distance? Yeah, I was. I yeah. knew where they were. We're mm-hmm. Like in a silent street, walking me and them behind. And, and as I, when I turned, I, I heard them running already. That's when I say I have to. You heard them run. Yeah, they that's run. to reach me on that uh-huh, moment. Okay. They were walking with like half a block of distance doing this. So when I turned to on the street that I was coming, I think was I don't know if it was twenty five, twenty six, something like that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty five, twenty six. They, I heard them, they coming. Shit. So I knew already, I said, let me, let me, that's on Twitter, I said, let me see what they want, they're going to come, let me check what's going on, then I talk to you guys later, something like this, I yeah. said, I put it in my pocket, and they came, give me a cigarette, and the guy grabbed me by the arm and reached inside my pocket. Reached inside your pocket? Yeah, yeah, my front pocket, and as he's doing this, the other one start coming from the other side, mm-hmm. you know, to grab, that's when I realized they didn't have a gun, I said, bolt it. Wanna, mm-hmm. They want to just muscle, you know, hustle yeah, yeah, some yeah. money out. So I knocked the first guy out, and I tried to grab the second one. He took off running. <laughs> you know, he was able to run. I pulled out my phone. I said, I'm calling 911. And then uh-huh. I turned, and I took a picture of the guy that was waking up uh-huh. on his floor with the nose bleeding. And then I asked him, what's going on? You're trying to rob me. Yeah. What is this? You do this to old ladies and, and women all the time? 
And he goes, no, papi, all that I want was a cigarette. Then I put a beating on him to finish the job. <laughs> and I told him that I didn't want to see him around this area anymore because I live here. I told him, I live uh, around here. If I see you around here, kill you. you're going to be history. <laughs> so I'm going to go that way. You take off that way. So he left. He didn't know my car. When I went to the parking lot, I got my car. I went around. And I started following him from the other block, seeing mm -hmm. where he was crossing. Because normally when two people work like this, they set up a meeting point. So if the things go wrong, both run in different directions and they meet somewhere. Meet. Oh, okay. So I knew he was going to go to meet his friend and I saw him walking. I went around. When I turned around, by, by, I went to West Side Avenue and I came back. I see the guy actually on the corner looking, both corners waiting for his friend, you know? So I crossed the street, I parked the car, I came very attached. Oh, you were in the, your car, okay. Yeah. yeah, so then I parked the car, I came attached to the wall in a fast pace. When I turned, he was standing right there looking for his friend that was mm -hmm. coming, you know? So I jumped right on his back, choke him out. What choke? Matalhão. Put him to sleep, <laughs> beat him a little, wake him up, put him to sleep again. No way. Yeah, put a little fear on him and... And I told the same. I didn't want to see him around here anymore, you know? <laughs> well, while you were running, you know, a test to the wall in fast pace, mm -hmm. uh, were you thinking about what choke you were going to do? Or is Matane your No, specialty? I just want to lay my hands on him. The, the, the main thing, I was afraid because he was so fast when he took off. I could mm -hmm. not even get close to him. Mm -hmm. I was afraid he was too far from the corner that I wouldn't be able to grab him. Mm -hmm. So when I turned, he was right there, completely out of balance, one foot not touching the ground, trying to look. In a distance for his friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when I got him. How many seconds did it take for you to choke him out completely? Oh, it was quick, it was quick. He was out very fast. Two seconds? It was quick. <laughs> Standing, he passed out. I put him on the floor, put a little beating, <laughs> choke him out again, scare him a little, choke him out again. <laughs> did you ever take pictures of that guy too? No, not no? the second guy, no. Just the first guy? Because I was near the, the, the post office. So... And I was afraid... More people would come. Uh -huh. What time was this? I was late. It was very late. Three o'clock in the morning, three four in the morning. That's a funny story. Because, I mean, um, yeah. personally... Unforgettable. Yeah, I mean, because personally, uh, I don't feel shit for those guys. Of course. <laughs> I don't feel well, shit. Because you know? as you said, they probably yeah. rob old people, That's what they girls. do all the time. And, they, and the guy was big. He was like yeah. 230, 240, yeah. Oh, shit. Pounds, you know, I mean, you, know, pounds. you never know what these guys can do, you know, more yeah, stuff they, yes. than just, you know, if they see a yes. pretty girl, you know, everything, you yes. never know how far yes. that can go with that yes. shit, so yeah, that was quite a story, <laughs> you told me something uh, once, um, you have a scar on your, uh, on your right, on leg? my right leg, yeah, yeah on your right leg, uh, how did you get that? I actually, uh, I had uh, a lot of fireworks in my pocket. How old, how old are you? I was seven years old, and I was walking out of the house. I went to talk to my mother. My, my maid, my nanny, was right next to me smoking a cigarette. So she puts her hand down. The cigarette touched my pocket. Everything uh, lights on fire, you know? Exploded. In your Exploded, yeah. Jesus Christ. You know? So it took me like a month and a half in the hospital to recoup and, and beautiful scars that yeah. I carry proudly with me until today. It's a good medal. Hell yeah. But... Um, did you have to do skin grafts and shit? Too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow, because you no, know, uh, obviously I have a lot of burn marks too, but from my accident. But uh, it's quite, it's quite a. Um, it takes a lot from you to do skin grafts, and it takes yeah. a lot from you physically. It's never, it's never easy. It's, no, it's always a easy. tough job. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, when I think about you personally, I just laugh because I, 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 um, if someone says 
say something about Henzo. I'll say a funny guy, a very gentle, uh, and, you know, a nice person. And like the 10th thing I would say would probably be a good jujitsu fighter because the first thing that I think is about your personality because you yeah. you always smile, you're always happy and you're kind of an icon of of humor in some way because you it's I think uh, humor is a superior way of intelligence. If mm. uh, a man doesn't have a sense of humor, he's a poor soul, you know. I feel mm. sorry for him. And I do believe uh funny things to make people laugh and to laugh even off yourself, it's a it's an unbelievable quality, you know, and I do believe I, I carry that well. I have that well. Because hmm. you do a lot of funny tweets uh, also, like a lot of humoristic tweets. Yes, and, yes. Because I made a picture of you <laughs> with a very fat guy that looked kind of like you. Uh -huh. And then I wrote like a, a meme on it and I said like, if this is Henzo Gracie, if he would stop jujitsu. And at first I thought, well, you know, Henzo is a little bit older than me. Maybe he will take it as a disrespectful thing. But you retweeted it and you sent it, it out to everybody. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're a person with a lot of humor and you can take jokes about yourself. Yeah, of course. And, um, I mean, how important has that been to your life? Because you've been through a lot of I do believe stuff. it's uh, the fact that I've been through a lot of stuff makes me very confident on that. It's like I don't need people to tell me what I am, who I am, or what should I be. I know what I am, what I'm going to be, and how should I be. You know, that's the reality. And uh, I don't need nobody else to tell me or to correct me. I... I've been there, I've seen this, and it's like people to, if you don't want if you don't want to be uh, an object of, of, of funny things, you, you shouldn't be around people, you mm -hmm. know because uh, this is part of the human uh, the human uh, nature, mm -hmm. you know to deny that and to, you don't have friends if you deny them to make fun of you. Mm. But um, are you a person that goes to comedy shows? Oh yeah, yeah. You do? I did a couple. I used when Brian, when Brian uh, Cullen used to train with me. I used to go watch him all the time. Great guy. Hmm. You know? Have you ever tried or thought about doing stand up yourself? It's like I, <laughs> I don't want any extra work, man. Ah, <laughs> <It's> like, okay. <laughs> you know, my problem is you I, work too yeah, much. Yes, I'm already like my my day is full. Today I woke up at six and I've been running around since now. Hmm. You know, and and the reality is, uh, if I add. This, because what I do, I want to do well. Yeah. And if I add this, I'm talking about hours a day studying and making sure, you know, that I... Perfection. So I let it, uh, my funny side be just natural and throw the jokes there when I have the chance without, without worrying about this, you know. But, um, I mean, um, personally me, I always try to make tragedy comedy uh, when I'm on stage. I always try to talk about the shittiest part of my life and mm -hmm. make that fun. Because it's is you show yourself as a vulnerable person and, and it's very it's a human thing. It's to a do. great it's a great aspect of uh, comedy and people uh, appreciate it a lot. Yes, because yes. it's hard when you make fun of them. Yeah, they would rather you making fun of yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's easier to laugh. Yes, at. yes. Self deprecation, but um, the fact you've been through um, quite some things and uh, not only the fireworks, the robbery, uh, etc. You um, you lost your brother. Uh, two thousand and it was uh, six years ago. So it was two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, and that was quite. I mean, it must have been a very hard thing. Yeah, it was tough. It wasn't easy. His name was Hyan. Uh, Hyan, Hyan, yes, yeah. And how old is he? Was he it? was. Um, I'm forty six. He was thirty nine. He was. He, he was older than you, right? He, no, I'm older. You're older, sorry. Yes, yes. 
So he will be 39 now. So in reality, he was 33 when he died. Hmm. And uh, would you mind explaining what happened and why and how? Yeah, uh, he was a he was a tough guy, a wild guy. You know, like to party, like to fight, and he was a very intense guy. Everybody who met him knew how he was. You know, and uh, he got involved in a big fight. Uh, in Brazil. In Brazil. He ended up arrested. And the cops, everybody was afraid of him. And they made a doctor do a, shoot him with, a, with a, a calmer, like a downer, to make him calm. Injection. Yeah. An injection. And they left him unassisted. You know, so he went to sleep and he passed out sleeping. It was like an overdose of the, the medicine that they gave. And do you believe that they did, they did this on purpose? No, not on purpose, no way. If they did on purpose, they all be dead now. Hmm. That was actually, it happened. It was an accident, you know. But I mean, as a doctor, it's, you know, it's a responsibility. You just can't put someone to sleep like that. It is. It, that's why we've been suing the doctor. We're setting up everything. And all that we want is his license to be revoked, to and be canceled. It's going through the process right now. He oh, just, still. he just, yeah. The, the justice in Brazil is slow like hell. Mm -hmm. He just uh, was found guilty, mm -hmm. and now they're gonna go through the process to so kick six him years out. After. Yes. yes. Wow. I mean, that's good. Um, and how? I mean, how did you find out about this? You were here when it happened. I was here. Yes. How did you find out? On the news. I was no, I was no, reading no. the news in the morning, and I saw it, and then my mother called me right after. Holy shit. So you, so you just went into the Brazilian news and read about it? Yes. Wow. And uh, was he also a jiu-jitsu practitioner? He's a very tough guy. Fought many prides, won many prides. Oh, pride? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hmm. And uh, did he have any children? Yes, has an unbelievable son. Hmm. Is he also a jiu-jitsu practitioner? Yeah, yeah. He's a tough kid. He's going to be a heavyweight. He lives in Brazil? He lives in Brazil with my mother. Oh, okay. So he's... Oh, okay. Have you ever brought him over here? Yeah, he came a few times. He did. Because, I mean, that. how did that... Um, I mean, I always try to see the light in the dark. Mm -hmm. And how did, how did that... Have you been able to turn it into something positive? Or something that you could learn from? Yes, I think uh, life is the best teacher you could ever find. Mm. You know, it teaches you with the sweetness of honey or the bitterness of cow. One or the other. You the, know? the bitterness of Gal. Gal. G A L L. G A L. -L. G -L. Did you learn that on Twitter? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reality, you know, like, uh, and, and, and every day is a lesson. Yeah. Stupid is the ones who don't learn, you know, and, uh, and I learned that life is a train ride and we got to be glad for those who ride next to us, even though some of them have to step out of the train. Before the final destination, you know, but uh, stupid would be me if I didn't enjoy the company of those amazing people that were on my side. But the final destination, before you reach that, the, all the stops before that, all the stations and all the... Yeah, some people get out, some people yeah. get in, you know, you never What's know. Your, I mean, some people go in a different car, Yeah, you know. Because, I mean, you've, you've reached a lot of, I mean, you, you've um, accomplished a lot of things in life and... Uh, I would be quite satisfied if I was you uh, as a jiu-jitsu practitioner and as a business guy, but it seems that you're always searching for more. It's, I, I believe a, a soul who rests is a, it's not a good soul, doesn't shine. Mm. A man has to have a soul who keeps driving him forward until the day that he dies. He has to produce and has to generate and has to create 
and has to love and has to intensify everything around him mm. for the time that he's alive, you know. And uh, that's a very old um, saying from the samurais. They used to say, uh, when your body hits the floor and you think you're dead, get up and swing your sword. Mm. Because just for the fact that you could think, that means you are alive. So go back and fight. You know, <laughs> so that's, that's the reality of how I live and how I think, you know, it's like... Uh, That's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take a note and put it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's too long for Twitter, maybe... Uh, I can, can make it shorter. You Send can make it shorter? I make it shorter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when it comes to... Uh, did you ever fight UFC? You did, yeah, you fought UFC. I fought just one UFC, yeah. yeah. Which, All my which fights UFC was, was that? It was 112 in uh, Abu Dhabi. In Abu it was Dhabi. against Matt Hughes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you fought a lot of pride? I fought a lot of pride. I fought like, I fought a bunch of different events. I fought the first one was World Combat Championship, which in was America? three fights in one night yeah, on pay-per-view. Three fights in one night? Yes. I was 168 pounds and mm-hmm. I fought all the heavyweights. I beat them all in less than a minute each. Wow. And then I had uh, with striking or with jiu-jitsu? Both. Both. I okay. did both, yeah. But I choked them. I choke oh, mostly that. And uh, what else? Then I fought a lot of prides. Then I fought an event in Brazil, Pentagon Combat. Then I fought a few different events here too in America on pay-per-view. Do you know um, what reality you... super fighting they call it? You know what's your score? IFL. I don't know. I gotta check. I gotta check sure, dog. If you wanna see the score, <laughs> even me. Even I you. do believe I have twenty-one fights. Uh-huh. You know, and I have to see I think six defeats or seven defeats, something like that. And um, I mean, the UFC itself, it's really been giving a, a great push for uh, jiu-jitsu, I believe. Do you agree on that? The what? The, the UFC, I mean, it's the biggest, I think it's pretty much one of the biggest things ever now on TV. And it's really, it's really I think ju- uh, UFC is helping jiu-jitsu to grow and people are now realizing how much jiu-jitsu is Yeah, the reality, is the reality is the best, most appealing martial art for you to train and, and that resembles a real fight is jiu-jitsu, you know. And uh, for sure, UFC grows, MMA grows, jiu-jitsu is going to grow together. Jiu-jitsu is the, is, the, is, the sp- is the dorsal spine of the sport, is the mm. column of the sport, you know. Uh, without jiu-jitsu, you're not even can step in there. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, uh, as jiu-jitsu grows, which I'm very happy for as a practitioner and as a jiu-jitsu fan, of course, uh, I mean, I love the art. Um, there are other things that have come up now recently also as Metamoris. Yes, uh, a lot of new events will come, Metamoris. I actually fought events like Metamoris in 1992. Was the same, the same name? Same, for, no, different name. Oh, okay. But the same uh, concept. Same concept, yes. This has been happening for a long time. But um, how how involved are you in Metamorphosis? Because you were on the ringside once for uh, who? For uh, Roger. Was it for Roger? I think so. What's the name of the other guy? Ice cream. Crone. Crone. Were yeah, you his uh, no, side no, too? No, no, I wasn't. So you were on the side for Roger against Bushesha? Yes. And uh, how involved are you other than that in uh, in uh, Metamorphosis? Metamorphosis. Because no. you don't just coach. No, basically I just coach. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you see something big happening as Metamoris, which makes people able to, um, you know, to to live and you know gain money and you know from jujitsu. Yeah. How much does that do for you? I mean, because you've seen jujitsu from basically from step one. Yes. 
and seeing it now at, as a metamorphosis competition UFC, how does that feel for you as one of the entrepreneurs and one of the I stars? I honestly believe this is the evolution of the sport. You're going to have this. The stars have to meet. They have to fight a fighter. have to fight the other good fighter. Mm. You know, and the best way to do it is something like this, you know. It's, that's the, the professionalization of the sport. Because the concept of metamorphosis is a 30-minute fight and no points, right? They, uh, they began with no points after they were adding points. You know, they didn't have yet a solid decision of how to do it. But they were doing that. They were putting that together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I honestly believe it should have just be a long fight under the, the regular rules. I don't believe it should have be no points because the points define who actually won the match. Mm. Hmm. But um, how, where do you see Jiu-Jitsu in like 10 years? Oh, man, I, it's going to just grow. Jiu-Jitsu, I only see Jiu-Jitsu grow, you know, more people are learning, people are developing more efficient ways of teaching and, and correcting and making people better. This sport, it has, it's on its infancy yet, you mm -hmm. know, it's like uh, it just began to, to learn how to, to walk. Infancy, is that also a word from Twitter? Huh? Is infancy also a word from Twitter? No, 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 that was from the books that I read. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, when was the last time that you fought Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, a long time. I was the Nationals in 1994, I think. Did I you win that? I win, yeah, with a broken arm. With a broken arm? Yeah, I had a broken arm when I win. Holy shit. Because there, there is quite an um, intense fight with you and uh, Alexander Gigi Paiva. Yeah, yeah, I did a couple with him. Yeah. Oh, you did a couple with him? Two fights, yeah. Yeah? And how was the... Did you win both of them? Both, yes. My uh, regular customer. Come again? My regular customer. Your regular customer. <laughs> But um, I'm very good friends so with him. So he's a very good guy, man. He's yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. We grew up together. I used to train with him, Fabio Gugel, and traveling a lot mm. at uh, Jacare's Academy. You know, unbelievable guy. Unbelievable memories I have from that time. And Gigi was always a very tough guy and very, very good athlete. You're also the same age, right? Aren't yeah, you? we're yeah. the same age, 46. I'm 46. Because I, uh, I know him personally good. And um, him and uh, Terede and uh, his son, Victor, whenever yeah, they were... I heard his, his son is a talent. I yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Victor is uh, he's, he's more or less a brother to me. I mean, he's a brother. He, calls, he even calls my mother, uh, Mia Mai Persa, <laughs> my Persian mother. That's what he says to my mom. And um, when Victor, Victor posted a thing at uh, Metamoris on Facebook, uh -huh. he said, uh, Metamoris, look at this fight. And then he showed the fight with you against uh, his father, Alexander Paiva. Uh -huh. And uh, it was, uh, you never took it to the ground. It was just standing. I think you got like oh, two no, that points. Was, that was the, the first one. Yeah, that was... That was the I think first we got fight. just a sweep or something, something like that, like yeah. that yeah. on the first fight. Yeah, I think it was just 2-0 in points. Yeah. This, uh, I was actually arriving from the United States that day. I came, I flew in, I went there to watch the competition, and he came over and invited me to fight. Mm. So I say, only with, uh, I, do, I take the fight, I say, but uh, with one condition, we're going to do another one when I get back in shape for half an hour. He goes, okay. <laughs> so then I beat him on the first one, 10 minutes. Then I beat him on the other half an hour. <laughs> on the half an hour? And yeah. where was that, in America? That was, no, that was there, in oh, Brazil, both in Brazil. But Because um, Victor, his son, uh, Victor Genovese, he wrote that on Metamoris on Facebook. He said, that, I think you guys should put up another Metamoris fight. Him uh, and Yeah, a refight with I'll you. beat him up again. He's in out of shape. <laughs> Regular customer, you don't change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
But um, yeah. you're very humble, I must say. No, I'm honest. <laughs> Don't you lie? Oh, it will be a good fight. A tough fight. Yeah, okay. it, I mean, it will be an interesting fight for me yeah. as a student. I mean, mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to see that fight. How do you think the fight will end? Now it will be much tougher for him. I'm much better now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you, have you ever fought uh, your cousin, Jean-Jacques Machado? Yes, I did. How I many f- times? Once. Mm. I fought him at the final of Abu Dhabi competition. Mm. At the final? Yes. How did it go? I, I beat him by points. Mm. It was 20 minutes fight. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Jean-Jacques is considered... He's, I mean, he, he reminds me a lot about he's you. He's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, yeah, but off the mat, you guys are the nicest guy in the world. He is. I he's mean, a cause, sweetheart. Cause, yeah, because both of you guys are sweet. When I did that fight with him, I fought in Brazil. Eight days later, I fought in Japan. Four days later, I fought in Abu Dhabi. Hmm. So I fought an MMA event in Brazil, an MMA, a Pride. Oh, shit. Then I went straight to Abu Dhabi and fought him in Abu Dhabi. Because if, if I were to introduce you, let's say, to my fiance, and she would not know that you do jiu-jitsu, she would probably think that you're just the, just the sweetest guy in the world, just like Jean-Jacques. Yeah. And then when you're on the mat, you're fucking mean machines. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a very big paradox there. I mean. It's the different, yeah, different uh, mentality and vibe when you're there. Yeah, and um, were you there when he got his red belt? When Jean Jacques got the red belt? No, I wasn't there. No. no. But uh, how many stripes do you have? Do you have on your? I have five. You have five. I'm gonna have the six now. Oh yeah. Next year, yeah. Next year. And who's gonna give you that one? My uncle Carlos. Oh okay. okay. Yeah. And um, are you expecting to get a red belt soon? No. No? Long time. Five years at least, more. And how was that? Not even red. Red and black, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's because uh, I, I followed the, the rules of the federation, of the confederation, the IBJJF. But I mean, and what's the difference between you and Jean-Jacques in that sense? Same age. Yeah, because you're the same age, but he has red and black. You tell me. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I'm Me I mean. too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in reality, boy, I think he, he got the, the red and black too early. Mm-hmm. I honestly think uh, for him to get the red and black, he was a black belt before me. Oh, he was? Yeah, like a year or two years. So it would be some extra, f- at least five years there, five, six years for him. You know? So, uh, both you and Jean-Jacques got your black belt from Carlos? Yes, we okay. both did. Hmm. And because uh, I know that, because I'm, while I'm here, I'm practicing with Fabio Clemente at Alliance. He uh-huh. got his black belt from Jean-Jacques. I know. And how come that Jean-Jacques, as a Gracie, can give a black belt to an Alliance guy? He, you can award a black belt to anybody. You can? Yeah. Okay. You know, if the guy has the history yeah. of all the belts before that, yeah. you know, then it's easy. Because um, I've been doing uh, karate like from the age of 5 to 13, and it was pretty easy to get a black belt, I'm going to say, in karate compared to jiu-jitsu. Because karate, you can basically do the kata, uh-huh. you just do the kata, and then you can just get a black belt. But jiu-jitsu is the hardest in my belief, the hardest martial arts to get a black belt or any belt at all right. or a stripe. And uh, do you would you agree on that? I agree. It's a tough sport, man. It's like they don't give belts easy. It's you really have to earn it, you know, and you really have to put your mind and your time on it. 
mm. but it's for sure the most rewarding. It's the greatest sport out there. Mm. It is. Well, um, we better round off now because uh, you gotta run away and I'm gonna please, run away too. Yeah, please. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what's your what's your future plans for this year? The next coming months for oh, 2013. Man, I'm, I'm fixing some stuff at the academies and putting things together. I just begun training again. You're gonna do an expo, right? We have an expo in November, November 9 and 10 in California, Long Beach, California. What so, beach? Long Beach, yeah. Oh, so uh, we're working hard. What's the name of making the expo? Making World Jiu-Jitsu Expo. Mm-hmm. So we're really pushing to make things happen and, and work out right, you know. And it's never easy. Who is your, um, I mean, when you were a child, by the way, who, who did you look up to as a Jiu-Jitsu practitioner? Hollis. Hollis was the most unbelievable human being I have ever met. Honest. Great jiu-jitsu. Was your uh, uncle? Yeah, my uncle. He was my, my teacher, my first teacher after my father. Mm-hmm. And who would you say that is... I mean, because a lot of people... When I did a podcast with Bill Dawes, we were talking about uh, Bushesha. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like five years ago or six, ten years ago, people would talk about... No, maybe eight years ago, they would talk about Terere. Mm-hmm. And now the main name everybody talks about is uh, Bushesha. And who do you feel like is right now the number one... Abushesh has been is winning it? everything, you know. A great kid, great personality, good heart, you know, very tough competitor. Has he ever been here? Mm, I, I think so. I met him a few times. Great kid. He dates my 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 one of my nieces. Oh, which one? Yeah, um, Cesalina. Is she also black belt? No, I don't think she trains. Uh-huh. I don't think. Not she at trains. all. No. Okay. You know, very sweet kid. Very special guy. I love his jujitsu. Hmm. Nice. So you think that Bushesh is going to be the next one for the, the upcoming... Uh, yeah, I hope so. Nobody yeah. deserves more than him. Uh, I love Rodolfo too. Rodolfo is an unbelievable fighter, yeah. unbelievable guy, yes. Is yeah. he Gracie? No, no, no. Not a Gracie. He's from... He's from Rio. He's from Rio, Brazil. Great guy. Uh, what, what organization is he fighting uh, at? Uh, Gama Filho. Mm-hmm. They call it Gama Filho. Nice. GF Jiu-Jitsu. And... Oh, another thing that I really have to... How many UFC fighters do you know? How many UFC fighters do you have that are Henzo's? A bunch. A bunch. I cannot even... I have a lot. Is it 20? I don't know. A bunch. We have a lot of guys fighting, <laughs> competing. Because it's funny because sometimes when I see the UFC, uh, I see, you know, your patch or your, you know, your logo on the, right. on the backdrop. And it's quite fun because I just think about, Jesus, man, how far has this... How far is this going to go? <laughs> And jiu-jitsu will never stop. Yes. Boy, this is the theme. Man. Jiu-jitsu is endless. Every week it gets better, improves. New people come in. It's, I have 1,300 students in here. You know, it's, how can you be Only that? from the jiu-jitsu part. And this, the, the fact people think, oh, you're making money. No, I don't think about this. I think about I'm giving confidence to a lot of people. Mm. I'm teaching them the business of confidence. That's what I teach. That's what we sell here. Hmm. And... Um, I think, what else should we think about? Yeah. Um, our friend Bill Dawes, the comedian, he said a quote. He said, uh, and I asked, I asked him on the podcast, Bill, what belt are you? And he said, I'm almost a purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, if he say that, he must feel like he's getting a very good level of blue belt and he's almost crossing the bridge. And I'm glad he's thinking like that. I want to see him succeed and, and get to his black belt. But uh, what what you I mean your your um, spontaneous reaction when someone says I'm almost a purple belt what do you want to say I see a guy who has a drive 
okay. to conquer and, and, and do it, you know, it's like, uh, I remember me, I always hold myself back, I never want to change belts, you know, I want to be the best on that belt mm-hmm. until they force me to move, and I always did that. But when you see a guy like this, this this means that he's going to stick with it and he's going to achieve, he's going to do it. So I'm glad for him. You know, I'm mm. glad that he's thinking that way. Uh, unfortunately, I've caught a cold now, as you can hear, but uh, I, I really wanted to fight him here. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to fight him and just say, you're almost the white belt. <laughs> just because. But as a joke, he's a beautiful guy. I like him a lot. <laughs> well, okay, Hanzo, this been, it's been a really nice podcast. It's been a really, yeah, it was really my nice pleasure. chat with well, you. Thank you. And um, every time I, uh, I, when I was here last year, I didn't get the chance to meet you because you were, I think you were yeah. in Rio or something. Yeah, I was running around like a nut job, but now <laughs> I'm sticking more around here. Po. Yeah. And okay. um, I'm really, really happy to see, you know, the, your academy and, you know, because every time when I walk in the streets of New York, I see people with your, with your, um, with your hoodies on and with yeah. your t-shirts and. I've I've even met a police officer with your T-shirt, yes. and it's uh, it feels um, it's really happy because um, it makes me happy because it makes me. I mean, I see you as a uh, more than a friend because you you you're related to Jean Jacques, and Jean Jacques is basically like, man, I almost want to call him father. Thank <laughs> you. He's a great good great I kid, man. Love Jean Jacques. I can't explain what he means to me, and um, seeing you as his cousin, as his you know pretty much brother. Thank you. And. Um, and also, you're also, of course, a, a jiu-jitsu uh, um, idol to me, too. I mean, Thank you. I, I look up to Sapo, and Sapo is your student. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Rafael Natal, for those yeah, who don't know, his nickname is Sapo. But great kid. Yeah. Great kid. And all the people that I've met here at your academy has been... They look like mean people, but they're all yeah, nice. They are sweethearts, yes. All yes. sweethearts. And it gives a good reflection of who you are. Thank you. So for that, I'm very happy, and I'm very happy to be uh, be able to just come here and just sit in your office as you know, as if I was. It's my pleasure, my brother. Anytime, okay? Yeah. And uh, when will we see you in Sweden? I hope soon. I love your country, man. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful place. I, be, I had a chance <laughs> to be in Stockholm, and I had a great time. You said beautiful, beautiful place. No place, people, everything. <laughs> you know, I told the you balloons, the sun. I went there in the summertime. The sun would wouldn't just hit the horizon and go right back up. Mm. It was unbelievable, unbelievable experience, and I had a great time. Great memories mm. from your beautiful country. And uh, hopefully, when you come to Sweden, uh, right now I live in a studio with my with my girl. But uh, <laughs> whenever you come to Sweden, hopefully I'll have a bigger apartment. So no, it will be a pleasure, my friend. It will be, be a pleasure, pleasure for me for to course. have you over at our place and come crash with us and have some Swedish food, <laughs> some, yeah. some meatballs. Hell yeah, <laughs> do it. Okay, thank you, thank you, you so best, much, guys. Henzo. Thank you. And uh, you guys, if you want to follow Henzo Gracie on uh, Twitter, it's Henzo Gracie BJJ. BJJ. That's and it. Henzo is spelled with the with the Brazilian R. Yes, R E N Z O G R A C I E B J J. See you guys there. See you guys there. And do you have Instagram? No, I don't. No. That's too much work. That's <laughs> too much work. So make sure you follow Henzo Gracie B J J uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow him there. Write to him and listen to our podcast. Spread it throughout the Jiu Jitsu world. And uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter as well. My name is Anush Shaitan there. That's me. You can follow me there and, um, and spread this podcast as much as you can, guys. And it's been a pleasure talking to you, Enzo. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Valeu, valeu. Valeu. <laughs> Good. <laughs>